Hello and welcome to The Inner Gamer, episode 243. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And my name is Austin Morales. And this week on The Inner Gamer Podcast, I jump into the Outer Worlds. Brett jumps into Bloody Harvest, the DLC for Borderlands 3. And in the gaming news, holy crap, is there gaming news. BlizzCon hints at big things coming to BlizzCon. Uh, players spend 150k on a mobile game. Ubisoft admits Breakpoint was a disaster. Shroud dishes Twitch for stream exclusive on Mixer. More, 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 more. There's more. You gotta listen to the news. Trust me. There's a lot there. Huh. And for our discussion topic, there's even more. <laughs> Bethesda announces $100 a year Fallout First subscription for exclusive content. Needless to say, we are pissed. We are a lot. There's just anger all around. Um, yeah, listen to that. There's a lot to cover. Uh, and it just the trash fire continues. It just you can't put this one out. This is basically like the fires in California. They won't go out. Damn. That's harsh. Yeah. yeah that's it is. Bad. And uh, two weeks prep. <laughs> Welcome to the It is October 29th, 2019. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. If you enjoy our podcast, you can show your support by donating to help us grow our amazing community. For as little as $5, you can help grow the Inner Gamer so we can bring you bigger and better content each and every week. Visit theinnergamer.net to contribute. Um, And also, I want to throw out here, as you'll find more about later on, but notice we're asking you to donate, not force you to pay us for content that we are providing you. I want to note that distinction because we'll talk more about that later on in our discussion topic. (laughs) It's all up to the user to decide what the value of this content is worth. Exactly. Exactly. So so anyway, Austin, let's talk about some video games. You've been playing a game that just came out on Xbox Game Pass and all the systems. Oh, yes. What is this game? Oh, yes. It is called The Outer Worlds, and the synopsis is lost in transit while on a colonist ship bound for the furthest edge of the galaxy. You awake, uh, you awake deca- decades later, only to find yourself in the midst of a deep conspiracy threatening to destroy the Holocon colony as you explore the furthest reaches of space and encounter various factions all vibing for power. The characters you decide to become will determine how this player-driven story unfolds in the corporation for the colony. You are the unplanned variable. So, yeah, this game is uh, developed by Obsidian Entertainment. Those of you that are familiar with them, they are, or aren't familiar with them, they are the original creators of Fallout before Bethesda shot on it. and um, They did Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas. Uh, they did Pillars of Eternity, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, they've done good stuff. We got to interview them for Pillars of Eternity 2 back at PAX. Two well, that was versus evil ago. we interviewed. That was versus evil. Yes. Sorry. No, I take that back. Sorry. Wait, You're right. The girl that, was the, that we talked to yes. was a community manager for Obsidian. Obsidian, yes. yes. So you're all right. I was like, wait, am I confused? Yeah. Yep. So go over to youtube.com slash gamer. You can check out that interview for Pillars of Eternity 2. And our podcast, which is something Brett will find out here in a second. Anyway, so I jumped into this. If you get if you go get the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for the PC for fifteen dollars a month, you can get this game for fifteen bucks. You can also get it for four ninety nine if you just pay for the PC version of the Game Pass. What? Yeah, there is a PC version for five ninety nine. Yeah, I thought four, you had to buy it. I thought nope. you had to buy the Ultimate. Nope. 
It's just a four ninety nine version. Why wasn't I given an option? You there there is an option. Like okay. I had it today when I went to purchase it. There's a four ninety nine. There's a fourteen ninety nine. You got both of them. I thought the four ninety nine was only for Xbox. No, that's for only for PC. Xbox has a nine ninety nine version. That is the Game Pass for them. But the four ninety nine because it's in beta right now is four ninety nine. But if you pay fourteen ninety nine, you get Xbox Game Pass for Xbox PC. Plus, you get Xbox Live Gold all in one. I don't want any of that. I just want the PC. Yeah, but you should have just bought the four ninety nine version. I went. I did. I looked it up. Not that, that, we're having a yeah. main conversation here because I'm very confused. Yeah. Because when I first looked it up, it said it was fifteen bucks, or you get a dollar for the Ultimate Game Pass. And I thought on E3 they were saying that it was going to be either for Xbox or PC, and to get them together you had to pay the fifteen bucks. So like you had to pay the fifteen bucks to get the PC side of it. So that's been my impression this whole time. If it's changed, that's great. Or if I miss something, then I'm stupid. Four ninety nine introductory price. It will go up to nine ninety nine, but for now it's four ninety nine. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because I went to the beta thing too, but it only had fifty nine nine. Now I have to look up what I did because I don't know what I paid for. I don't know, man. Mm, interesting. It's crazy. But yeah, Very the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, I think, is the best deal though. Because I mean, well, if you have an Xbox, right, right. Because you get Xbox Live Gold with it, and with that, you also get two free games a month. No, four free games a month. So that's an added benefit as well. Yeah. No, yeah. it's really awesome. Like it's. And then Brett showed me the new app that Xbox has on PC, which hopefully will come to the console version at some point. But it looks amazing. And it got me really excited about getting this subscription service, actually, and like keeping it. Because yeah. originally I got it early on, just try out some stuff. You can get Sea of Thieves, which I already paid for early on. They have Metro Exodus on there that you can get. I was like, holy crap. Gears 5. There's there's actually a lot of good games on there that Blair some Witch. people might want to play. Shadow so, of Mordor. Anyway. Metro Exodus, Forza Horizon 4, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, Rise Dang. of the Tomb Raider, Wargroove, Hollow Knight, freaking The Messenger. Oh, man. I have a lot of AAA going. titles in general just to play, so on PC. And then Halo Infinite will be there. Yep. That's cool. Master Chief Collection will be there. I'm excited, man. I'm really excited. Anyway, so diving into this game... It is everything you would expect from an Obsidian Fallout-style game. It has the awesome world. It has a good story. It has uh, great dialogue with great characters that you meet along the way. You have quests out the ass. And uh, obviously, there's inventory management. You get armor. You get weapons. You get uh, healing aids and buffs and all that good stuff. Is there crafting stuff. in this game? Uh, there is not crafting. Okay, cool. So I jumped into it, and I mean, you can go look at like what the first 15 minutes is, and it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's just a very, you know, general uh, intro mission to like learn how to do everything. So I get through that, and I I'm going to go into spoilers for the first five hours because I think it's very important to kind of explain how the story pans out, and I think the general idea of what they're going for because they explained early on, and like if you read some of the stuff from from them explaining the game, it's you know, there are choices here, but it's supposed to be ambiguous and it's up to you to, to come to the conclusions of what's good and what's wrong. And I find that very appealing. That's actually something I don't think we get a lot anymore because, you know, we look at fall, uh, Mass Effect 1, uh, 2, and 3, I believe. It's all very, like, uh, black and white. You know, you're either good, you're bad, or you're neutral, right? There is no in-between. There is no ambiguity. Ambiguity. And um, 
I don't know. It, it you know, for the time as a as a kid, you know, that's fine. You know, black and white yeah. is fine. But growing up, like you want to think more. You want to really. <laughs> kind of be in the gray area because it just makes for a more interesting story, I feel like. Yeah. So as you first get up or get out, you uh you take control of the ship and you become the captain. And obviously there's humor thrown in here. So it's really awesome. what do they call the ship? Uh, the, the unreliable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Well there's a plaque like right when you walk in it says the reliable, but then they put this little <laughs> Uh, note in there saying unreliable. Like yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Anyway, there's this AI and it's been trained to disappoint, or it's been programmed to disappoint. So you go in there and it's like threatening you, like we're going to, you know, open the airlocks and you're going to be thrown out into space. But you're already on the ground. And she's like, oh well, you, you've discovered that I have failed once again, and I've been trained or I've been programmed to be disappointing to people. And I was like, oh okay. So you become uh, captain of the ship. And then you have to go get uh, a, a part for the ship so you can take off. And so you go into this town, and there's this mayor. He's not really called the mayor, but I'll use him because he's in charge of this outpost, which is part of this corporation, which all these people who work there work a lot, you know, don't get paid a lot, but, you know, they're making a living to some degree. So, like, they have it hard. And people, you f- come to find out that there's people who have left the settlement to go create their own settlement in order to get away from the, these like t- tyrannic uh, corporation and bad living conditions. So the mayor's like, hey, go talk to these people. And you got to go turn on the power because the power is being split between the two uh, settlements and we need all the power. So you go talk to this lady who started her own you know, uh, settlement and she's like, I really hate that mayor and I really hate that town and blah, blah, blah. So death to the town, give us the power. So you have this, you know, already moral conundrum, like, who are you going to choose? And uh, it's either the hippies or the corporate people. So is this the introduction of the factions mechanic that they have in the game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an introduction to, like, factions of the world. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. 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 there's, like, because I, I, was, I was watching a review where I was showing, like, you have the different factions and you can kind of adjust. I think there's, like, a slider or something that helps you adjust, like, your stance about, like, with each one or something of that nature. And they show the different... You have like a factions menu that shows you like who they are and what they're about, which I assume is inherited from New Vegas. I have that idea. The faction. I didn't even know there was a factions menu. Yeah, I guess that's in the Codex or something. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. I don't really go into Codex too much. Yeah. Anyway, so now you're at, you know a crossroads. Who are you going to pick? Who are you going to go with? Um, and so originally, I was like, all right, I'm going to give the um, the power to the hippie people. So if you take the power away, there there uh, there are raiders or marauders out, and then like other creatures. So because they have the power, they're able to defend themselves and sustain themselves for you know probably years to come. If you turn it off, you know the refrigeration is going to go away, and they won't be able to feed themselves, and uh, they won't be able to protect themselves. So they only last a few weeks. That's what they said. So I was like, all right, well I'll give it to them because you know screw the corporations, they're being evil. And um, before you leave the main settlement. You're given your first companion, which is I can't say her name. It's like Pavika or something like that. So she comes around, uh, tagging along. So we go to this the main building to switch the generator power, and I was already switching it to the uh, to the, the the small settlement out in the wild. And she's like, right before I go up to the main terminal, terminal, she comes up to me. She's like, Are you sure you really want to do this? She's like, I know the, the town and the mayor is really bad and stuff, and we have bad living conditions, but the woman's 
rage and hate for the town is kind of blinding her. She didn't say it to that effect, but I mean, or that's what she's trying to say, basically. And that there are good people in this town and they don't deserve to be, you know, destroyed and, you know, sent out into the wild because they don't know what they're doing. You know, there's good people there just trying to make a living. So she convinced me to give it to the mayor. And I was like, damn, that's good. Like, I already came to my conclusions and I already had issues with the, the, the small settlement out in the wild. But I was like, I'm going to give it to them because, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of the way I was leaning. But then she changed my mind right at the last second. Wow. So then I go talk to the lady and she's really pissed off. <clears throat> she's really pissed off. And I'm like, well, look, I'll go talk to the mayor for you. Maybe I can convince him to, to step down. I was like, this isn't going to happen. So I go back to town. I talk to the mayor and he's like, you know, very reluctant to it. And uh, there is an option early on in the dialogue tree where it's like, okay, I've, I've done enough talking. I'm going to kill you. And there's like the mayor with two guards there. So I was like, well, the outcome is I'm going to have to kill the mayor. Well, I started talking to him more because the dialogue trees actually are very extensive. And I ended up talking him down to step down. Oh, wow. So he ends up going on early retirement and is going to leave the settlement and like just get off the planet. Because come to find out, the lady has found a way to actually grow crops in this area, which you cannot grow crops. And I won't go into all that, but... <clears throat> there's some like interesting details, interesting yeah. things about how that come to be. Uh, but I was like, holy shit, I did. <laughs> like, this is an option. This is a thing that if you just talk to these people, it's very possible for you to, you know, work around doing violent conflict. And I was like, I'm, this is amazing. Like, if this is how it is for the whole game, awesome. Like, I'm already sold. I like, feel very D and D in that yes, respect. Yes, very. Yeah. It's like, well, because there's sometimes I, you know I can be like really short with the people because they they write mm-hmm. out all the dialogue that you're gonna like you're saying to them, and uh, it really does change the conversation up. So like you can be you know kind of rude or you can be very nice, and they actually react to what you're saying. They're like, oh, well, that was very nice of you, or they're just kind of like you know they get that you're being a little rude, so they might have some kind of snarky uh, uh, remark back to you or whatever. And then you could be neutral, whatever. And dude, this the dialogue. I was literally talking to someone for ten to fifteen minutes. Wow! Just going through like knowledge of like certain things, asking all these questions, and the acting is amazing. Like it's spot on the whole time. And does like, your does your character uh, respond back with voice, or is it just no, like you just, just click a text line and then they just, respond yeah, to that? Just text line. They said they did that because they want you to feel like you are the character. Yeah. They don't want to have an, uh, someone. Have you ever found yourself role playing, like speaking the language, no. the words before you do it? I don't do that. Just be like <laughs> looking through the line, and be like. Hello, I am this person, and I want you to do this for me. And then they respond. You're like, "No, you shouldn't do that." I don't do that. Dang, <laughs> I'm oh, sure man. someone does that. I'm yeah. sure they do it on stream too. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, like I'm just blown away by how good talking to people is. Like, I want to talk to everybody, and it seems like basically everyone you talk to has a side quest for you. So it's like, hey, you know, blah blah blah. Like one guy is like, I need to there's graveyard fees at the first settlement. So you have to go talk to people and collect their, uh, basically their tax for someone who's died close to them. And, uh, like I was like, well, I actually have the plague. So do you mind helping me out? And, you know, you go off to, you know, this, the surrounding areas and find something for him and bring it back. And it's like, well, it's basically 
they're basically fetch quests for everybody. But it's interesting because if you didn't have the fetch quest, you wouldn't have explored natural. Well, I mean, you probably naturally would have explored the area, but it like gives you a reason to go out to some of these other areas. And then the first area wasn't too big, and it was actually really easy getting around the area, like killing uh, uh, beasts. And there was marauders, and they're pretty easy. Because as soon as I found this uh, machine gun, I was just mowing people down. I was like, well, if this is the gameplay. I'm, uh, this kind of sucks. But once I got to the second planet, holy shit, it got hard. Really? It got really hard. Yeah, there's oh. like insect creatures and like uh, bull slash wolf type creatures that are lizards. And man, the weapons I have, it takes a long time. Like my, my, because uh, now I have two followers and they go down real quick. <laughs> and it's just me. Oh, like they're there. like, they come with you and yeah. fight with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just like something on Mass Effect or something. Yeah. So, uh, is, um, and they talk too, like, you know, walking down, like, you know, there's a lot of games where like the two of the companions will talk to each other and they have that here too. Well, that's cool. I know. And I was like, yes, I missed that. Yeah. Uh, how, how's the gunplay? Like, is it overall, like, does it feel pretty, I mean, Fallout's never been one to like do well with gunplay, but I'm curious if they made any improvements in that re- regard. Because so I heard they don't have the like a VAT system or anything. They have like a slow motion like mechanic or whatever. Right. But there's not like an actual like VAT. So what does that look like? Uh so you since I'm playing on PC, you hit Q to slow down. It just you know slows down time, allows you to aim your gun. It's a little slower, but you can do it pretty quick. And it actually adds damage to your your hit. So it's almost like a critical hit every okay. time. So, yeah, it's cool. You can upgrade it to make it last longer. Um, I think depending on what kind of gun you have depends on how much you can actually use that slowdown system to fire critical hits. Because there are some guns where I can only hit them once and it'll go away. But there's other guns like a pistol, I can hit them a few times. Yeah. And do extended damage to them. Um, other than that, I think the gameplay is kind of like Borderlands in a way. I mean, it's not that complicated. And it's not, I would say it's like revolutionary or game-changing it's just standard aim and fire it's not like a looter shooter though right it's more rpg heavy yeah, right. kind of mechanic right. stuff where yeah i found a piece of armor early on i haven't changed out of it since it's yeah. been pretty good that's cool. armors look kind of nice i kind of wish they they don't have skins but i wish they had skins uh to change up the color but you can find different pieces of armor that look very similar from different i guess factions yeah and they just have different colors on them okay so there's that if you want to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's not really an armor game. but Well, it's interesting how, like, because I remember them always, when I li- listened to an interview with the creators of this game, they said that this is very much for them a low-budget game. So yeah. Oh, yeah. The, so the, there's a lot of these things that you probably have come to be comfortable with in other games that, yeah. you know, I, I like that it's, it is, I mean, you get the game and they put a lot of time in the, and I was impressed the fact that they did make it, I've heard the average time to beat it is like 30 hours. So, I mean, that's a pretty extensive game because I was hearing originally it was going to be like 15 or 20. So they must have like expanded the story more. That's um, awesome. So that's pretty cool. Um, how how does how do the story quests get presented to you? Are they pretty, like, is it like you have a quest mission and you go and do that quest and when it's done, like the next one pops up, you can kind of do it like in Borderlands where you can kind of pick and choose when you want to jump into it right. and then pick up side quests, you know, as you go and can you stack those side quests or are they like, 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 I don't know. How does that all work? Yeah, you can stack the side quests. So your first quest is to, you get to, down to the first planet and then you kill the captain of the, of the ship that you're supposed to go to. So you go to that ship, 
come to find out, you can't take off. So that's like, okay, well, I got to go to this town and kind of investigate how to do stuff. So, like, you start running into people and you talk to them. And then as you talk to them, they give you side quests. And as long as going along with the main quest, so you can kind of pick and choose how you want to complete these things. Um, I originally did all the side quests in the town before I did the main mission because I didn't know if it, those side missions would go away. But the way it played out, or I guess it doesn't matter how it plays out, but either way, like you'll going to you you can complete those missions at any point in time. It seems like, and once I got off the first planet, there was other planets available to me to go to outside of the main mission planet that I was supposed to go to. So I didn't go to any other planet. I just went to the one I was supposed to go to. But that one, when I went there, it seems like it significantly opened up into a larger area when I was on that planet. That's cool. As opposed to the first one. Obviously, it's a starting planet. It's just kind of getting your feet wet. It's not that big. Um, there's a decent amount of places to travel. It looks pretty open. Actually, it is very open and allows you to kind of go in different directions any way you want to. And there's some cool little parts there that some kind of uh, heavier beasts that will do a lot of damage to you. So it's interesting, man. Like, I've really enjoyed it. Now, for the bad stuff, for me, since I'm playing on PC, I don't know if this is the same for consoles, but there's a lot of stuttering. There's a lot of FPS droppage. Um, I even turned all my graphics down to low minus the lighting, and there still seems to be, like, I can't hold 60 FPS. I don't even know if I can hold 40 FPS. That sucks. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know if it's my computer or what's going on. Um, And then... Uh, textures are always popping in when you go to cutscenes or like when you're talking to somebody, it goes to like a bus shot of them talking to you. And I'm just like, okay, so it's kind of distracting, but it's not game breaking yet. It might get more. I mean, I put in five hours. That's a pretty good amount of time. And it ha- I haven't been like furiated with it, but it just seems like depending on the lighting and or the character and the textures that are on it, whether it be like their textures from their normal outfit to, their armor just ha- plays a role in it, it seems like. It seems like armor that they wear has a harder time of pot loading up before uh, just normal clothes. So I don't know. I- I'm pretty sure it's something they'll fix. But, but since, since I got on the Xbox Game Pass, I don't know <laughs> how they push updates. If it's like instant as soon as they get it, you know, because like Steam and well, I assume Epic Game Store. And if you have it on consoles, you get it pretty quick. Um, so I don't know how the Xbox store works with that. So I'm hoping <clears throat> there's a patch soon and I'll get it really quick and it'll yeah. fix some of that stuff. But other than that, I highly recommend this game. I mean, if you love RPGs, you should definitely jump into this. Like this is one that you shouldn't miss out, even though it's a little lower budget and, um, maybe a shorter campaign than we're used to. I mean, if you compare it to Fallout 76, you're going to get way better experience and i'm pretty sure you're gonna be able to mod this in the near future so i'm excited that's pretty well cool. worth the money yeah well yeah 15 dollars, not yeah. bad yeah yeah and this is another reason to get an xbox actually yeah so or just get a pc with game pass yeah that too if you already have that for sure yeah 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 no it's, it is cool that like I'm, I'm really happy that this is this is the first sign of the the fruits of the labor of xbox acquiring these studios because had they not acquired Obsidian, you know, this probably wouldn't have ever happened. Granted, this game is published by Private Division, but now that Obsidian is owned by Xbox, they get the Xbox money to just be like, hey, we want you on Game Pass, but you're also on all the other things too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really cool to be able to see that yeah. and give people the option to 
buy into that feature. So right. So I'm curious. I, I I think they mentioned it before, but I'm not sure if they're going to for future games just have them on everything. They are, aren't they? It's just going to be across the board. <clears throat> what do you mean? Like it's not going to be Xbox exclusive, right? It's no, no, be, no. Yeah, you can buy it on everything if you yeah. want to. Yeah, they said it's going to be dependent on the type of game. There's mm. some games that they think will be best fitted for their library of stuff, but a lot of times they're going to be opening them up to multiple platforms. I gotcha. It just kind of depends on what that game is. So like obviously Gears, it's an Xbox title. But like these studios are acquiring, they're going to just kind of do it on a play-by-play basis, mm-hmm. um, whatever makes sense for them on that platform. So. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind if Outer Worlds 2 was exclusively <clears throat> to Xbox. Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be better for them. I think so. I think it'd be good. Good. I mean, especially now that you can play it on PC too. Like the only market you're cutting out is PlayStation, which I mean sucks, but you know, it's there's a lot of flexibility there, which I think is super nice. Well, we'll um, say this. <laughs> it was kind of a... It's not a big fuck you to Epic, but I feel like for, for me it is because, you know, it's supposed to be Epic exclusive on PC, yet you put it on the Game Pass, it went to PC. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Oh, yeah. No, it's super nice. I'm really glad. Um, so I want to talk real quick on this event that I played just for like five minutes and then we'll move on to other things. But so I've been back into Borderlands 3. Uh, I want to beat it. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm enjoying myself. It's not a terrible game. They've done some patch updates. They fixed some of the menus being slow. They've also broken some other things. But overall, it's I'm still having a blast playing it, and I'm knocking through the story. I think I have like eight or nine main story missions left, and then I have some side quests that I've been like powering through. But getting tons of loot, upgrading, doing all that stuff. Um, but they just launched the Bloody Harvest Halloween event, which is free content for anybody that owns the game, whether you have season pass or not, which is pretty cool. And it start, started on October 24th, and it ends on uh, like December 5th. So it's going to last a little over a month. And this is a just it's a really cool way. I mean, this is a game that is be, being treated like a live service game, but you're not paying live service frustrations. Like there's no cosmetics you have to pay dollars for none of that exists in the game this is just free if you own the game and then later on dlc will come out that's like big story packs that you pay money for um, to unlock and then so far no hints of microtransactions but with this event you're getting there's a new skin for your echo device a new trinket you can get a new global weapon skin you can get for that's halloween themed and new skins for the vault hunters so like there's there's cosmetics in there we don't have to pay for it. You just acquire it by completing challenges and going through the game. Um, and there's also new weapons. So the idea behind this is that they've added this new feature where no matter where you are in the world as you're playing the game, there are these enemies you kill. And when you kill them, sometimes they will have skulls that come out of them. Like this little like this like dust or smoke will like appear out of the character and then a skull will start coming after you. And if you hit the skull before it comes to you and kill it, then it drops loot. Um, and there's like blue, yellow, and like red types of things. And each one drops different types of loot. And if you don't kill it, it hits you and inflicts you with terror. And the terror slows your character down, makes it harder to shoot for like a brief period of time. And then of course damages you. So it's like a new added feature, no matter where you are in the game. So you're completely playing main story quest, side quest, whatever this stuff exists now for this duration of time. Um, but they've also added a new kind of like story bit to it. So you have to go talk to this dinosaur that's on sanctuary named Maurice. Maurice is a little dinosaur that talks and is snarky and funny. And, uh, he says that he wants you to go get hectoplasm 
because uh, he just wants it and thinks it'd be cool and doesn't want to kill you. And then you're like, I don't know if I can trust you or not. You might want to kill me. You might not. But he's like, no, trust me. I don't want to kill you at all. I just want you to get stuff for me. So you go out and get this hectoplasm by just playing the game and collecting items, drops off of these skulls. And then once you get enough of it, you go back to Maurice and he's like, okay, now I want you to go down to the heck hole. Um, not to be confused with the hell hole, but uh, you go down to the heck hole and it's a new area that they've designed for this level. And it's got like pumpkins everywhere and the pumpkins are like loot boxes. So you like hit them and then it drops out like cat. It's just like finding a box, you know, It's you, but you have to hit it. And sometimes they'll spawn a skull and the skull comes after you have to shoot the skull. So there's like, you never know what you're going to kind of get as you're going through this. So you go through this little like map and then you get to the end and you fight a boss and the boss's name is Captain Haunt. And it pops up and it says Captain Haunt. And there's a little arrow pointing to his face. And it says, that's Haunt. And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, so you fight this big-ass boss. And he sends skulls at you and does all kinds of crazy shit. And he's, like, really intense. He's a skull-headed, big, huge brute guy. And um, you take him down. And then once you take him down, you win. You get some loot. You go back, talk to dude, dinosaur on Sanctuary. He'll give you some upgrades and then you go out and do more hectoplasm. And then through that, there's different haunted characters that you will find and fight. And by doing that and returning back to your completing challenges that can unlock new rewards. So it's just a little added event that they put in here at no cost with new new details. There's new guns that drop that have anointed effects. So when you're in terror mode, they can make your, when you get hit by a skull, they make your guns do something different and have different impacts. Or some guns will actually shoot out skulls as a bonus effect to other enemies. Um, there's a whole bunch of new twists and turns. And it's just like, there's just color everywhere because you are shooting these bad guys. There's like colored smoke coming out of them and there's skulls flying around. And it's just like, it's madness. Like I was playing with Jason last night and we were played for like three, three and a half, four hours and he's leveling up. And I also found out, I was really excited about this. He can play mayhem mode and I can play at my level 25 and we're playing the exact same content but with completely different variations. So like, I'm like, man, this is kind of easy. And he's like, I'm dying over here. I'm getting my ass kicked. And he's like freaking out, but we're in the exact same place in the exact same combat scenario. But he's got a totally different experience than I do, but we're playing the same stuff. So he can be 20 levels ahead of me. I can be 20 levels below and we get, get our loot drops. Everything's cool. Great. And it's easy to play. I, that's like one of the best additions to this game. I think, that could have ever happened to it just that i don't have to worry about being up with my level with my friends and yeah. losing out on that right. experience so um yeah I'm, I'm digging it i'm liking it quite a bit well i can confirm that the it looks like they've really done a, a good fix on the menu so far yeah um brett showed me and i was like yeah it looks like it's fixed i just don't know if i still support this game well brett's been trying to get me to play and i'm like i don't want to waste my time because, well, now that the menu's fixed, it makes it a little less worse. But at the same time, it's like the story, it turns out, is not that great, in my opinion, from what I've seen. I've always spoiled it for myself. So I just don't see the reason for me to grind through all that to get to something I don't even care about. Yeah. So don't know if I can... It's a question. What's well, good that they, it's free content. Like, yes. That is more true. of what we need. <clears throat> and, I have a um, question. Yes. On that note, you don't care to do it because if it's a thing you don't really care about, but why are you playing Destiny? 
just devil's advocate. Because I'm curious, because yeah. Destiny doesn't have a good story. Right. So so what is the difference in Destiny versus this? Obviously, there's bugs and stuff like that in this game. Right. But what do you think is the key factor that makes you more interested in Destiny versus this one mm-hmm. when you're not grinding a story? Or even The Division. You know, that right. was a terrible story. Right. So, so what, if you guys that? have listened to any of the other content that we put out Destiny the past two weeks, three yep. weeks, yep. something like that, go back and listen to that. But... I usually say, well, actually, for a lot of games, I'm, I'm not going for the story. I'm going for the gameplay. Right. You know, they they do a hell of a job with the the looter shooter stuff. They do a hell of a job with the shooting mechanics. They do a hell of a job with being your certain class that you pick and the abilities that go along with it. And I've always loved the Crucible. So, like going in there and doing some cool multiplayer stuff that's you know reminiscent of Halo to some degree is exactly what I want. Yeah. So, you know, it just it's a very grindy game. Uh, just like this, but there's there is some inventory management in Halo or in Destiny, and uh, you know it's not as much as it is here. And I really, think, yeah. Oh man, it's worse in Destiny. Well, I think you can get a groove on what you're doing in Destiny. Like if you yeah. get a blue item, you're basically gonna trash it. There's no reason to keep it. Right. You know, if you get a purple item, then you're like comparing, contrasting. But for yeah. me, it's like if I have two purple swords, you know, whatever has the lower. Uh, power level on it, I'm going to trash it immediately because right. I don't need that. I just need a sword to do complete certain, you know, bounties along the way. Yeah. So for me, like, I've already figured it out. Like, looking at power level as a duplicates of something, I can get rid of it, you know, if I don't yeah. really don't like it. So, you know, I found my groove with Destiny and how to get through it pretty easily. Yeah. So, huh. Interesting. you know, a lot of it's made sense. Obviously, I've done a lot of research to for the podcast, so. Yeah. And then for yeah. me, it's just obviously in Borderlands 3, there's just so much loot, and there's so much of the same thing. It's like, do I need this or do I need that? You know, there's always like one little thing that's different with the other gun, and or it's a different, you know. Uh, oh yes, yeah. There's, there's like status effects or whatever that, right. even though it's a lower number, may be better right. or just feels better to shoot. Exactly. But, um, yeah, that is okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I've 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 been having a good time with them. I I am renewed with Destiny now that I've gone back into the game. Um, like after we played our stream on Wednesday, I played for another like two hours after that yeah, and yeah, did yeah. some more content upgrades and stuff like that. And I'm enjoying the, uh, the grind aspect of it, but I'm excited to see where Borderlands goes, excited to see where this goes. And I'm also scared because there's so many more games that are coming out that I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the games we played this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us on our discord channel. Check out the link in the show notes and then join us in uh, Destiny because I want to do a raid, but we need six people to do a raid. And apparently they're hard as shit still. So let's try and do that and make it happen. Also, if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our video game news around the world. Have you ever found yourself on your way to a friend's house for a LAN party or a con like DreamHack with no easy way to transport your gear? It's heavy, it's complicated, and you have to deal with about five minutes of parking restrictions. Thanks to our new sponsor, Crazy Pro Gear, you don't have to worry about that. They have an awesome pro-level backpack that can hold any mid-sized tower or smaller, your accessories, peripherals, and everything except your monitor. We used it at QuakeCon 2019, and it was a game changer. You can also use it for board games, video game consoles, and game sticks, and more to make travel to the next convention 
or friend's house as simple as throwing on your backpack. Head over to theinnergamer.net slash crazy, that is C-R-A-Z-Z-I-E, to purchase gear for your next event. A portion of the proceeds go back to us to support The Inner Gamer. We'll see you at the next con. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the game industry. And boy, do we have some shit for you this week, everybody. Oh, man. Oh, damn. Oh, shit. It's going down. But first, we're going to talk about BlizzCon. Uh, last week, yeah. we talked a little bit about BlizzCon, actually. And we we're like, we damn, we don't know what's going to happen at BlizzCon with this China con- controversy. And then mass protests. Mass protests and this and that. Um, well, stories have started to come out about what BlizzCon is going to be. And there are four main stage panels immediately following the opening ceremonies that are being kept secret. Mm-hmm. So um, PC Gamer reports that uh, BlizzCon is happening on November 1st, which is, whoa, that's like soon. Holy crap. Did you it's like in that? a week. No, it's I like not. a week away. Holy crap. Yeah. <clears throat> and then um, less than a week away. What I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Right. They said that uh, there are four coming soon entries that will be following the opening ceremonies on the main stage. Um, there are some expectations that we might hear announcements for Diablo 4, word about the next big WoW expansion, and then possibly there's a prediction that StarCraft 3 could be coming. Will that happen? Not really sure. But they have some big things that are coming soon. They are looking to be 45-minute long presentations thereabouts. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so I'm curious to see if they can pull themselves back because BlizzCon is always a big event for them. But last year, after they announced that uh, Diablo Immortal was being made, and then they had the comment of, "Do you guys have phones? Duh! Yeah. Like you should have a phone. Duh!" I mean, you had the red they, shirt guy being like, "Is this an out of season April Fool's joke?" Yeah, and what's even crazier is that game still isn't here. I know. So that's good. probably gonna die. That's good. This yeah. is a good thing. Trust me, this is a good thing. Yeah. Um, so and people played it on the showroom floor, and they said it wasn't even that great. Well, yeah, it like, just it was like a, it felt like a cheapy, yeah, generic yeah. mobile game because it was made by Tencent, probably. And yeah, they were like well, it was made by this. some other Chinese company. Yeah, that had made a similar game like that before. Yeah, so it was just basically a knockoff of their old game. Basically, it sucks, and that's not cool. So BlizzCon is coming, and we'll see what happens. But you were going to say. Yeah, they need to, like, all this here needs to be announced. Like, it it needs to be announced. But And if it is, like, even StarCraft 3 is announced, even with Diablo 4, I just don't trust that it'll be what it is shown. Like, I think it's going to be something completely different. Because, you know, at E3, there's plenty of times where um, games are shown, and then it turns out they're completely different. Like Halo right. Two, completely different from when it was actually the actual release. And I did think you this sorry tangent for a second, okay. but did you know that Halo Two was the first game to ever have a midnight release? Really, I had no idea. I saw I that no as like either. a going back in time thing the other day. Wow. And uh, yeah, first game Halo Two to have a midnight release and. It was a pop poly garbage. No, it wasn't that it was, bad, but it wasn't like kind of disappointing. It was after, very disappointing, yes. Because they were predicting, they were saying one thing and then it changed. Right. Yep. Anyway, uh, I feel like they need to, yes, they need to steer the narrative, steer fans' attention, get people hyped again. And if they announce all these, the hardcore Blizzard fans, uh, you know, some who will care about the Hong Kong ordeal and, and uh, probably many who won't because they just care about Blizzard and the games that they 
uh, produce, it might steer you know the the conversation in a different direction, which yeah. will be positive for them. But then again, I feel like if this is what's going to happen, they're going to rush out trailers. We're probably not going to see gameplay, and they're just going to try to ri- raise some hype around it. And if any of these games release in the following year, which will probably be Diablo 4, if anything, that would be impressive. Obviously, the expansion for World of Warcraft will probably come next year as well. Um, so I'm just curious, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. I hope it's. I hope they do a good job with it. I'm nervous about it, and it's also hard. Blizzard's in a tough situation now because I mean we've seen Riot Games is trying to compete against them. Which, after going back and researching that again, I'm like, I just don't want that to succeed at all because I feel like Riot <laughs> Games is just as bad as Blizzard at this point. I mean, not the Blizzard. I mean, we like literally six months ago we were like Blizzard's a good good well, a year ago. Blizzard's a good company. They're like good people. They do good games and stuff like that. But now Activision's like sinking their dirty teeth into it and it's just, it's painful. And I feel like Riot Games, and we've talked about all the shit that they've had with their internals and like how they are sexist in their industry and they're, they have long working hours and stuff like that. I just don't want, I don't want people like that to succeed. Mm-hmm. But then there's other alternatives to Diablo, like Pillars of Eternity. I mean, I could even say that divinity even though it's not exactly the same like is similar in that vein um uh, path of exile and things like that these are like really good solid games that came out that yes you know can really pushed against diablo and has out beat them right and i'm kind of okay with that they haven't they haven't because obviously blizzard has created such a fan base and a community and a style that's very unique that it holds a lot of people under that umbrella at the same time, you know, there's we're seeing that, you know, the dip for now, will it rise again? Most likely. Uh, to what degree, I don't know. But, I mean, when we get to this big business gaming, this is what we see. And for whatever reason, they saw the need to join a giant studio company or publishing company. And here we are with a lot of companies, actually. <laughs> So I know well, we're going to keep our eyes on this and keep up to date because it's uh, ever changing. It's almost by almost, it was almost by the day. Everything was changing. <laughs> Something new would come out, but now it's going to be by the week and next week we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, next podcast, we'll have all the updates that came yeah. out. So we'll be, I, I mean, I'm excited talking about that. I'm excited yeah. to hear. And you know, there's going to be protests, Starcraft. right? Cause we don't know how those protests are going to affect that. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be fighting to change that narrative really hard at this thing. Right. Because they're going to have a lot of people there, just it's not going to be good. It'll be really interesting to see how they how they pitch their content. Right, um, there better not be a mobile game. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, that even if they even barely talk about one, it's going to really f- screw them over. So right, we'll see. Yeah. Um, speaking of mobile games, uh, we Austin found this article on TweakTown.com. I did about a character a player who spent over $150,000 on a mobile Transformers game. We said that right. $150,000. Austin, you know you can buy $150,000? Anything but a mobile game. You could buy a a small house. (laughs) You could buy a really expensive-ass car, like a really expensive car. Um, you can invest in businesses. You can invest in businesses. Your own business. You You could buy a Subway franchise probably. Like, literally franchise a subway for $150,000. But instead, the $150,000 is put towards Transformers Earth Wars, a base building game on the mobile phone. Oh, Lord. And it's 
it's it's scary that that exists. So that's double the massive sixty two thousand dollars spent on RuneScape that somebody had done before. But the uh, it makes it easier if you spend the money in this game. It makes it easier to unlock new transformers, making the uh, mobile game into a old school collect them all toy scheme. So um, yeah, they. Uh, they have this thing. So this the Space Ape CEO who worked on this game apparently went out and said that... Um, in 2016. In 2016, yeah. People buy their extra builder early. They join a ready-made alliance, usually because it is made up of friends they met in a previous game. As a result, they retain and monetize better, but also are less patient about deviation from the formula. People who are less familiar with the genre, on the other hand, take longer to convert to spender. They need more help finding the right alliance, take longer to ramp up, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but ultimately, this game is a cool game, supposedly, according to, I mean, looking at screenshots and stuff like that, it looks interesting. It's got some good stuff, but it preys on the psychology that we've talked about in the past of pushing engagement into a grind and forcing you into monetization schemes that will get you to spend lots and lots of money. And this guy spent a boatload of cash on this game. Um I don't have anything else to say about it other than what well, I got. WTF. I got a few extra information, okay, tidbits that we don't have articles for, but uh, well, maybe we do. Let me check before I go into that. I don't think we do. Yep, this we don't. Okay, so uh, there's a company. Yeah. Wow, that was what are you loud. <laughs> there is a company who's actually trying to develop, and probably have already developed to some degree, an AI that you can stick in your games, like these monetization games on mobile phones and on AAA titles, who will figure out who is a whale. And that means who is going to sink the most money into this. And then specifically target them with... Exactly. Incentives. And get them to get more money, and it can potentially change the chances of loot boxes for you because they know you're going to spend money. And you probably won't get the goodies that you want because they want you to sink more money into it. Yeah. And uh, on another note, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, there is a person in the UK who did an investigation on loot boxes and went around and talked to teenagers and kids and adults and stuff. And uh, Young Yi did a video on this, so if y'all want to check that out, go to his channel uh, and look on that. I don't have the article here, but... They were. This person was asking kids, you know, why do you buy skins? Why do you buy loot boxes? And kids were saying, well, you know, if you don't have the cool skin out right now, you're seen as poor, right? And like that's already a social thing. Like not and not even in the real world that you already like. Oh, I don't have a certain clothes or style, you know, that I'm poor or I'm not cool or whatever. Now it's in video games. People are these AAA companies are preying on our kids, literally. And look what it's done. It's already doing this. And people. Teenagers and some adults were talking to this lady too, and it's like, well, you know, I'm not getting the skin I want, and I know I've already w- wasted so much money on said loot box, but like, I can't help myself but give it more money to pull that lever to try to get my, my thing yeah. or my skin or my character or whatever you're trying to get. And it's just like, holy shit, people actually have problems, and this isn't actually big deal. And I'm not one to advocate, you know, government regulation for you know free market, but. When they are literally, there is a science behind all this. Like, it's not hard to see that they're preying on people, and no one seems to care because it's a video game. And, you know, they have the rating system for, you know, E for everyone, teen, adult, whatever, you know, mature. 
are whatever you want to give it. And it's just like, okay, we have that on there. And parents are so busy these days. They don't have time to look at all this stuff or care about it. You know, it's just like, oh, it's a kid's game, whatever. Yeah. And people are losing money. People are getting addicted. People are being conditioned into being a consumer. That's bad. That's bad. And there's a lot of things coming in the future, and gaming is only going to get worse. Yeah. So it's really, really uh, difficult and frustrating. Yes. But I'm hoping that as people get older, that they can get themselves because you know if you look at um, people back in the back in the day when we were younger, like they were there, you people found themselves addicted to to drugs, found themselves addicted to smoking, addicted to this, addicted to that. Yeah. They had their addictions, and then as they got older, they some of them stayed with those addictions. Yeah. Others largely pulled out of them. Right. You know, like I mean, how many people of our generation do you see smoking nowadays? Like nobody. Well, I mean. <laughs> vapes exist now so that's changed things a little bit but like not many people smoke anymore uh, which is good you know that stuff's all changed but I'm curious to see as this generation that's being targeted with this stuff if it'll grow like what is going to do to their psyche 15 years from now like how is this going to adversely affect other things in their lives. It's going to affect a lot of things in their lives. Yeah. I mean, the world's already changed with Tinder and stuff. You know, sex is so readily available now. Yeah. Relationships are breaking down and people aren't getting as married as soon, you know. Yeah. With all that, you know, with stuff that I've researched, it's basically like if you don't have a family and a job or something you're passionate about, like you have nothing that grounds you, nothing that brings meaning to your life. So it makes sense why teenagers kind of do this because this is what, grounds them to have something they care about you know yeah. growing up and being in school you care about friends yeah, you care about your family and you, you might have a job which helps a little bit but you know if you're just going home and doing your homework and then you got three hours to kill before you had to go back to school you know yeah you're gonna play some games and you want to do some cool stuff you know i was there yeah. we were there we understand that yeah, it's but a I never huge gave into the, the the money. Well, back in the day, man. we didn't have this. I never issue. gave shit to Wow. <laughs> you freaking. That was like the only thing. Month. I know that was, that was the, the crazy thing. thing. Well, back then I was like, this is the only game that's requiring me to pay money. I'm never going to do that shit. Right, right. And I never did. Now every game requires never you to did. Pay money. I never did it at some some degree. I held off. I held yeah. off. We we. You if can't you break me back, video games. I don't know if you remember the podcast, but we went back and talked about what games should cost. Yeah. And I think there's some good thing, good tidbits in that from both of us about, you know, maybe we should be paying more for these games and maybe that would offset these yeah. microtransactions. Like if if we knew that we could pay like, I don't know, 70 to 80 bucks for a game yeah. and we would not have to pay another dime, I think we would do it at this point. I think everyone would do it. Especially knowing like the roadmap going forward with the game. Right. I mean, like, again, with... Borderlands 3, I paid $100 for the special edition, which is going to give me all the DLC. Yep. And, you know, I made a mistake with Battleborn, and it wasn't as good, but I'm hoping with this one it does well. But if they can lay out that roadmap ahead of time of, like, this is what you will <laughs> be expected to receive down the line, it could be pretty solid. But I just, yeah, I want to see them get rid of these little... I don't want micro stores within side within a game anymore. I just feel like that's a, not the right path to go about it. Um, but 
I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about more disasters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is this is really surprising that this came out. But Ubisoft, this is a I'm pulling this article from Kotaku. Joshua Rivera wrote on this last Thursday and said that Ubisoft has admitted that Ghost Recon Breakpoint has been a disaster. And you know we had talked to, when this game was first announced. Like I think both of us had reservations about it because. I remember I was always saying that this looks cool and I've always wanted Ghost Recon to be a open world sandbox like uh, Just Cause kind of craziness. And Wildlands kind of had that, but not enough. And I thought maybe this could do it. But then when they announced and showcased the gameplay, I was like, no, that's not it. You fall down and you break your knees and it's very realistic and the world doesn't look very exciting, but it's got John Bernthal. So that's cool. that cool, actually. Yeah, see, I was not excited about it. Gameplay looked great. The way that they presented the gameplay made me excited, but obviously when you played the game, it was completely yeah. different. Yeah, and I was the opposite. I was like, I don't really, I'm not excited about this, but I want them to show me what's great about this with my friends. Right. And they never did that leading up to the release of the game. Now the game's here, and had you had played the beta. For, the, for playing with friends, and it was like all these well-known, there's, uh, what's his name? The yeah, it was artist. like a live-action yeah. crap or whatever, yeah. That was stupid. But uh, and then you played the beta, and you and Travis both said that it wasn't good, and then so that was. But there was some good things to it, but it overall wasn't good. Yeah. And then we, it comes out, and then largely it's not good. And here they've come out and said um, that they are quote doing significant changes to their production processes to fix the game, but also um, CEO Yevs Giermont Giermont uh, said that. They this game did not sell as well as expected, and that the new game released just two and a half later, years later after Wildlands moved the series to a fictional area, um, and introduced survival elements and a loot grind that struck many critics. Um, basically, a lot of what he was talking about was we we missed the mark on how we presented this game, and we did not really understand what our people wanted out of this game. Um, so he said that a lot of the formula has been strongly rejected by a significant portion of the community. Um, he also said that Breakpoint wasn't different enough to really stand out. And I completely agree with that because it's a four-player co-op shooter. That's what it is. And the world wasn't that exciting and there wasn't any cool new mechanic. I mean, the, the injury thing, I think, is a detriment versus a benefit. Um and then he mentions also underperformance of that game, plus the Division 2 also having disappointing performance. Um, Which is funny because I thought it was actually very successful. It was, it was, I thought it was an actual success because it had it was getting good reviews right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, a lot of people actually enjoyed it. But the point of that game is to be a live service, right. and within two months it, it was dead. fell apart. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like I talked about at the very beginning. Like, it's a fun shooter, but it's it's basically you're just walking in an arena and just shooting a bunch of bad guys and that's it. Yeah. And you rinse and repeat over and over and over again. Right. And the world was interesting to look at, but it wasn't, there wasn't enough there to make me care to keep going forward. Right. And I think that resonated with a lot of people and it just kind of fell short. And then their end game wasn't as good as people would hope, hope it would be. Um, and this game is even worse, unfortunately. So, so uh, this is actually bigger than, this article leads on to uh, 
leads on to be because yeah. I mean it's just like okay here's some news of something that happened but this could actually echo across the industry because one it's a AAA title with major microtransactions inside of it one I don't think a lot of people pre-ordered it two they had a lot of bad things to say after the beta was released and then three obviously not a lot of people end up buying this game and after you know stuff started coming out and you know you look at reviews and you look at the gameplay and you look at the story breakdown it's just not it just didn't hit off and because of this is like a general i mean ubisoft is trying to restructure things because of this and i think this is a good blueprint that we see across the board with other triple a titles and if they see this that isn't working anymore they might have to change stuff now ea had some people said the ea because of the uh jedi fallen order like that's an actual legitimate game unlike what they've been talking about in the past that everything has to be online multiplayer right you have your in-game stuff with loot boxes and blah 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 and that's the way of the future and no one wants to play single player anymore like they've changed their tone because they've seen oh shit if we don't give them what they want we're gonna lose like you know it's the last nail in the coffin type thing i think ubisoft is going along with that i think more people are starting to see and i think hopefully we're maturing as a gamer base that like this isn't cool you know yeah and then i'm hoping that this is the domino that's making all the other dominoes fall i hope so too um i mean as a response to this they have now decided to delay all of their new properties that were supposed to come out in early 2020 um big or early 2020 wait are we in 2020 no we're in 2019 2019 yeah Yeah. next Um, year they uh they've delayed all their games that were supposed to come out watchdogs legions gods and monsters and rainbow six quarantine to now come into the next fiscal quarter early or late 2020 early 2021 in order to allow more time for all of these games to just get better and it has to happen because like just get better what does that even mean? Well, to like give it more time to for them to restructure their yeah their uh, their plans for it and like kind of learn from these mistakes, hopefully, and make a better game. Because I mean, if you look at Assassin's Creed, you know that game was starting to get stale for a while, and then they decided, no, let's hold off on just like doing a Call of Duty thing and releasing it so often. Let's take a three year break and really spend some time to like rethink of how we want to build this. Right. Then Origins came out, and that was ultimately received pretty well. And Odyssey was, I think, received even better. And then they had like this ongoing component that let it fester and like grow on and live on for like a year, which is kind of cool. And there was no like bullshit in it either. And then Rainbow Six Siege, they somehow were able to bring that game out and it bombed, but then they figured out how to fix it and make it better and like rebuilt it. But then I think they started responding too much to what other companies were doing or maybe they just had these plans in mindset anyway of like okay we've trickled a little bit of this like live service stuff in here now let's add a little bit of money here a little bit of money there that we charge for items for and then breakpoint comes out it's like let's actually add a whole microtransaction store and then they really screw themselves probably in sales by having the beta a couple weeks before that with content that didn't that was there but hidden and then all of a sudden the game comes out and then you find out that that content that was you would tell was there was actually microtransaction content and then everybody wrote bad about it on YouTube and or you know made bad videos about it and I think that's kind of powerful with like content creators now is that 
there's there's so many of them out there like legacy killer and young yeah and like all these people that are like when they see controversy they jump on that controversy yeah. hardcore and they push the shit out of it to basically kill the like make it look as bad as it can which i think is starting to have an like a ripple effect across right. more and more people yeah. and for a while there a lot of the main uh uh publications like ign and uh, more of like kotaku and i guess uh, i forgot the other one anyway the verge or something like that like they were they did not like they were really hounding on youtube creators and you know call them out and be like yeah. they're not worthy and trustworthy but it's like these are just gamers too who see something wrong with the community and yeah i think sometimes they might prey more on you know being that vocal outrage thing but for the most part i I, they they bring a lot of stuff to the forefront yeah. that needs to be talked about, and if it gets people talking, I think that's a positive thing. Yeah, well, it's interesting too because I'm starting to see IGN specifically has been changed, like putting out some new types of content that is kind of along the lines of what we're seeing out oh, there. Like we'll talk later on about Fallout 76, but they released a video that said the Fallout 76 subscription plan is garbage. And like they had an opinion, a heavily, a strong opinion based video that they put out that's along the lines of a Young Yeah or a Legacy Killer or, you know, Layman Gaming and all these different people that that's consistently what they do. Um, they're starting to respond to that as well. But I think it, some of that stuff needs to happen. With this one in particular, like, I'm glad that. Ubisoft has admitted like we fucked up and their stock has dropped because of this. Yeah, their stock has dropped. I mean, it's it's gonna hurt them and it need it needed to hurt them because we've been talking about how they're they have great, great, great ideas, but consistently poor execution yep. across the board. And like Watch Dogs Legion sounds awesome, but I guarantee you, like if that game had come out when they was going to, it was gonna be hot pile of garbage and kind of buggy and who knows it might still be a hot pile of garbage but i'm hopeful that maybe they it's it's just it's tough because they're at a point now where these games are like this game was supposed to be six months away where are they in that process and how much more time do they need to like fix how much like progress that they've made thus far right um it's gonna be interesting <laughs> this is like a culmination like i feel like all this has been culminating for the past year <laughs> <laughs> like we're back to the fall and just bad news after bad news is coming out again. Yep. Just like last year, y'all Ch check our podcast a year ago and you'll listen to us just like so much bad news for every AAA company. It's ridiculous. Right. I, I am on that note. going to go back to 27, 2018 and look at our discussion topic list and find out oh, perfect. what exactly were we talking about around this time? What are we in right now? What, what month it's is October. it? October. October. I will say this. This new segment is already about to be 30 minutes long. We apologize, but we have three more articles to cover, and it's been a hell of a ride so far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, October, we were talking about Nintendo and an online world. What's next for Blizzard? I want to go back and listen to that one. Yeah. Uh, what happened to Telltale Games? What episode was the Blizzard one? Uh, I don't have the episode, but oh, okay. it came out September 18th. Okay. Um, we had GTA 6 and today's climate. Red Every 2. We actually didn't have any any like negative stuff, but it we did talk about been, BlizzCon in November. It must have been November to December. Yeah, so Up in November January. we had uh, we had BlizzCon, we had Microsoft XO18, we had Holiday Guide, and we had the Yong Yeah versus Jason Schreier conversation. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting to see the... Uh, discussion topics? Uh yeah, those are discussion topics. Oh, okay, it yeah. was more the news articles. Yeah, were. yeah. I'm just looking at the discussion topics right now. But I gotcha. Cool. Anyway, 
So that is Ubisoft. All right. Won't dull on this too long, but The Last of Us Part 2 was announced not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, being uh, released in February of 2020. And uh, Neil Druckmann, the founder or the creator of Naughty Dog or whatever his role is, has come out and said that, um, sorry, uh, we screwed up and uh, we're actually going to have to delay this game because it needs more time in the oven. Um, So they are now releasing it on May 29th of 2020. Um, so it's been pushed back February, was that like three months, something like that thereabouts to allow them. Basically they want it to be quote the naughty dog quality. And so there are, as they were closing out sections of the game, he said that they realized we simply didn't have enough time to bring the game up to the level of polish. They would call naughty dog quality. At this point we were faced with two options, compromise parts of the game or get more time. They went with the latter, and this new release date allows us to finish everything to our level of satisfaction while also reducing stress on the team. So this is um, pulled from IGN, and um, they've delayed the game. And I, my only concern about this, I'm all for them giving more time to a game to produce, but they're getting closer to the release of the PS5. So I'll be curious to see what their strategy is going to be now that they're so close to the PS5. Like, what is that version going to be to like kind of excite or are we going to, is there a fear that people might hold off on playing the last of us until the PS five or will they not? Probably not. Cause a lot of people might wait a yeah. year before buying the PS five anyway, but there's that. And then now this means that they're bringing out the last of us, not two months before cyberpunk 2077. It's now a month after cyberpunk 2077, which I have, fear could cause issues for their sales yeah that that could really hurt actually uh as far as ps5 i just at this time i don't see any reason why that would stop people from getting it i mean we're still a year out basically um or as soon as e3 hits wait it's coming out 2020 yeah so uh, yeah. that's interesting yeah i don't think about it that way it's possible i yeah. guess well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. E3 is gonna be like three weeks later, which is gonna be crazy too. I don't know. I think I think we're sitting in the park of you know everyone is gonna be excited about Cyberpunk and probably gonna, is definitely gonna get it. But then you're gonna have you know the PlayStation, which is PlayStation fan base, which is actually a huge chunk of the gaming community and consoles, and they're probably gonna pick up Red Dead because that's I mean not Red Dead, The Last, Last of, of Us too, because like that's one of those games that is specifically for that. And I think there may be a division there, but I think for the most part, it's not going to affect them too bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a great month for this game to come out. Mm-hmm. Story-based game, end of May, beginning of summer for a lot of people. I mean, that's a perfect time to drop it. February was also a perfect time to drop it, but like all things considered, like this game needs to come out, like not during the holiday season, not during the beginning, beginning of the year, like, May is going to be a good timeline for it. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, because I know that there's supposedly a uh, multiplayer component that's being developed. I wonder if they're going to drop this and then have some kind of like feature announcement thing at E3 sometime about multiplayer coming for PS5. If PS PlayStation is going to be at E3 this year, which I wouldn't be surprised if they aren't because now they have a PS5 hardware announcement, right. like a bunch of stuff. So well, it probably won't be there, but they'll probably do their own little, Show yeah. dig thing. I don't know. I bet you they will. They might. I think they might come back. We'll see what happens. Because they're going to want to go up up against Xbox. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. 
Shroud, this popular streamer who is really, really good at video games, um, has followed in the footsteps of Ninja and has um, jumped from Twitch and has now gone exclusively to Mixer. Um, this just happened, and um, it's a big deal. It's, it's weird, too, because Twitch just went through a major rebranding um, has a brand new look, design, all that stuff. They're announcing some new features. They dropped some old features, etc. And then uh, now they've also lost Shroud to Mixer, and he's switching over there to exclusively stream there. Um, Social Blade showed that Shroud had the third most Twitch followers, uh, recently overtaken by Tifu. Um, and uh, somehow Ninja's inactive Twitch channel is still the most followed on the platform. But so now number one and number three have left Twitch to move to Mixer. And that's a pretty big deal. Um, but they said um, Streamlabs has some information that says Mixer's total hours has streamed hours have nearly tripled in the quarter that Ninja joined from 11.3 in Q2 to 32.6 in Q3. Um, so that's crazy. So um, I don't know. How do you feel about this? Well, so with Mixer, it's already tied to a company, Microsoft, that has money, right? So they have money to burn. They have an allotted amount of, you know, they don't have to worry about investors. Uh, to, to, um, so that's good for them. Like, they don't have to deal with a lot of BS uh, besides, you know, trying to generate a community and get a following and all that stuff, which is obviously typical for, you know, I'm just trying to do a streaming site. But for Twitch, it's its own company. Right or what is it a part of Amazon now? Uh, Amazon bottom, yeah. Okay, when was that? How long ago was that? Uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. Well, they've always had this issue with the way the community is growing. They're expanding past gaming, uh, which is fine. Like they have, you know, the in real life stuff. They used to have baking shows, which I'm sure they still have baking stuff. People used to play music on there and you know do all kinds of stuff, tutorials. I'm sure, and you know they've expanded right to just do more than just gaming, and that's fine. And that you know as a business, that's how they want to expand and stuff. Um, but it's come down to a lot of like political nonsense and stuff across the board with everybody, and they're trying to pander to certain groups and not others and the way that they implement some of their policies is just kind of weird um some people will like flash their cooch and or boob at on stream on you know accident or purposeful whichever you want to agree with and then you have other people who just dress up as something um and get banned and it's just like but why would you not ban this other person well, the reason they're not banning some of these other people is because they're they have more followers and they stream a lot and they make Twitch a lot of money. So you know that's fine if that's how you want to play the game. You know, no one's faulting them for like you know you got to focus on how you can continually grow, make money, and then make the platform better. But the way that all this is being handled is kind of odd, at least in my opinion, and how I've seen people present some of these facts to me. Um, and you know, some guy got banned for having a SpongeBob emoji. In chat, yes, that's weird. That's a real thing, and I'm like, Are you, how is this possible? Now I think he was reinstated or got like a temporary ban or something. I don't have all the facts on me, but it's just weird things like that. It's just like, what is going on here? And a lot of people say that you know, if you're a smaller streamer, they don't care about you. They just care about the bigger streamers because they're making the money, right? And you know, it's all right to focus on that, but. 
people are saying that Twitch just isn't fair across the board. Now, if you go to Mixer, I feel like it's a fair game. It's still trying to grow. There's not a lot of like, there's, there's, there's like different, I guess, tiers of, you know, people who have certain amount of followers and whatnot. But I just feel like it's just a more free <laughs> uh, streaming site at this point. Yeah. Because not a lot of BS behind it. So, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, Microsoft's at a different position because they're, they can't make decisions like this where they're leaning one way and then other from yeah. a political perspective or anything like that. And I think that's a lot of the issues that we're seeing with just modern day companies. I mean, we've seen it with Facebook, we've seen it with Twitter, even, we've seen it with Instagram, we've seen it with Twitch. Like, they take stances, but they're platforms that should be holding neutral stances. Right. I feel like as a place that is user generated, it's a source of user generated content. The platform itself should not be taking a stance with new user generated content. I mean, obviously there's definitely bigger things that you should be right. censoring. You have community guidelines for a reason, but it's if you're implementing them in weird ways and things yeah. are happening that shouldn't be happening. But well, things that are subjective, you should be leaving that alone. Right. Exactly. And I think they, they tend to avoid that. Yeah. Um, so well, you see, and that's the thing. That's the other thing is that this community is already has certain guidelines. It's already already carved out a certain portion of a user base that uh, I don't know what the right word I'm looking for is. Um, just a certain kind of community that they've already created here, and people understand that. Yeah, you know, and that's what people want. It's just gaming. <laughs> that's what we want. We just want gaming. You know, I had an issue with Twitch kind of expanding it itself because it's like, well, here's this platform for just gamers, and it's awesome, you know. A place we can go, you know, a community, a giant community. Um, and it's changed. So, anyway. Awesome. All right, so we have our last thing before we switch off to our discussion topic, our WTF article of the week here. Game Informer has reported that Conan O'Brien wants to turn you into an otter in Death Stranding. So... Conan O'Brien put out a video the other day on his uh, channel that shows him visiting Hideo Kojima's uh, studio, Kojima Productions in Tokyo. And uh, they got to visit, hang out, do some stuff. He got recorded and captured inside of their 3D studio. And turns out Kojima is inside of... Or no, not Kojima. Conan O'Brien <laughs> is inside of Death Stranding. And uh, Ko Kojima phrases it on Twitter as Conan O'Brien appears as a prepper called, quote, the Wandering MC in Death Stranding. You get the sea otter suit when you get connected with him. With this suit, you'll be able to swim easily in the river and you won't be drifted away. Um, so, WTF. Conan O'Brien, in addition to Jeff Keighley, <laughs> at this point, is in Death Stranding. I think Ochiba's is just like, hey, come on over and I'll put you in the game. <laughs> yeah, I just like... WTF. Next thing you know, we're going to see freaking Greg Miller from Kind of Funny in there, you know, with a shirt off like he was in Spider-Man. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. But Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's going to be it for this new segment. If you want to watch these in video format, check out our channel on YouTube.com slash Gamer and subscribe and bang that bell to get the videos as they launch. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our discussion topic. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Each week, we break down a hot topic in the gaming industry. 
usually what we're talking about is just like, mm. hey, what's this cool game? Or let's talk about all these cool features in video games. But this week, we're kind of pissed off. So we're <laughs> going to talk about pissed off stuff. Oh, man. Uh, and Bethesda, my friends, have come out and they have done the unthinkable. First, <sighs> they came out with Fallout 76. That game sucked. Super hyped. Super hyped. Everyone's excited. We it paid $200 for hop it. Hop hollow garbage. Then they had a special edition with a helmet that you can see behind us if you're watching the video edition that didn't come with the proper bag, and that was a big controversy. And then they decided to do a battle royale mode in this game. And then they announced they're going to put in NPCs finally in a game that had no NPCs. And then they decide, oh, no, we're going to delay those. Sorry, they're not coming out till later. Like a year later. A year later. And now they've announced this really exciting thing that you all should just like fall head over heels for. Mm. And it's called Fallout First. And Fallout First is a subscription mm. service for Fallout 76 that you pay $60 for. Well, now because the game's so bad that it's discounted to like 40, 30, 20, whatever. I think you get it for 20 bucks. You get it probably for 20 yeah. bucks. Yeah. No, so, like a month after it was released, they're just giving these games away. Like it was already on sale. Oh, like yeah. Cut in half. Like Big more time. than cut in half. So Fallout 76 has announced the Fallout First subscription plan, and you can get this for $13 a month or $100 a year. And in the blog post, they mentioned that this is a premium membership that offers something players have been asking for since before launch, private worlds for you and your friends. So this is really funny. So in the membership benefits, you get the private worlds where you and your friends can get together with up to seven friends and explore a world by yourself. You have a scrap box, which has limited storage for crafting components in your own scrap box container, a survival tent that's a placeable fast travel point with a stash, sleeping bag, and more for your needs. You get 1,650 atoms per month to use in the shop, a ranger armor outfit, and an icon and emotes pack. This is what you get for $14 a month. $13 a month. I want to mention that you can get a Netflix subscription with over 100 original quality titles for $13 a month. You can get Hulu with no ads for $13 a month with un with tons and tons of stuff there. You can get Apple Arcade for $5 fucking dollars a month <laughs> with over 100 games. And you're paying $13 a month for, for a freaking survival tent and private worlds. Fuck. I, I well you forgot about the Xbox Game Pass. Oh the X yeah. holy shit. Five dollars on PC gets you a plethora of content. And yes. or ten dollars on the Xbox. Yeah. Backlogs, triple A games that are out this the year. The Outer Worlds, which like, is made by the original makers of Fallout for five dollars. Dude, it is mind blowing. I literal literal idiots, literal monkeys must have been in that conversation be like, we should do this. Oh, like, my gosh. What the fuck are they thinking? It's so bad. Now, the funny part about this is that fans of Fallout 76, the few that still exist in the world, uh, have been asking for private worlds forever. Why? Because they want to mod it, right? They want to mod Fallout. Because if anybody knows modding, it's Austin Morales over here who modded the shit out of Skyrim forever. And, and Fallout 4. Had a blast with it. And Fallout 4. Well, people want that, right? So they brought out Private Worlds. <laughs> but the things that people have wanted in the game that should have been in the game from the start are in the game behind a paywall. Behind a paywall. And and on top of all that, the best part about all of this, Brett, is not only do you get all that for $100, you get a broken. Broken features. <laughs> They're so broken, man. That... <laughs> Yeah. 
Wait, wait. Before we get into okay. broken things, I want to mention the bottom of this article I just read. We were talking. So before we started recording this podcast, we were like, the only thing that Doom that or that Bethesda's got going on this year is Doom Eternal. I just read it was delayed. <laughs> it's it's not coming out till next year, March. Holy shit! They're done. Oh my gosh. Oh shit. Okay, so Fallout seventy six subscription is broken as shit. That's also there. Pr- private worlds are not private. You get randomly rolled. Uh, you get you get you apparently go into another world that's already been used by other players. Uh, you have the scrap the infinite scrap box, so you can put all your scrap in. Turns out, if you put all your scrap in it, it disappears. <laughs> you can't get it back, and they're currently working on fixing that. Um, I, th- I think there's a bug with the tent. If you put it up, it crashes you to desktop, and it's just like. How is this game consistently up? Okay, it's not been consistently updated, but over the course of its life, it's been updated. Certain fixes have broken the game for past fixes, and it's just been a consistent pile of complete crap that's on fire, and it will not stop. <laughs> what is going on, man? How are they? So this is this is the reason why I no longer have any faith in Bethesda. It used to be one of my favorite game companies that I could always look forward to putting out a solid release. And now I have no hope for Starfield. I have no interest in it. At this point, I guess I really don't care about Oblivion 6. I was going to say, what about Elder Scrolls 6, man? No, Come I, on, I you just, don't want that? I, there's, there's nothing they can... There's hardly anything that they can do at this point to regain my confidence because they have just gone down the shitter with let's just make money and obviously there's a player base out there that doesn't exist anymore. And so they're like, well, if we want to put these features out, we should probably pay for it so we can have some money to continue funding this game. And nobody wants to do this because since the beginning, these features that they say that the people have been asking for, they didn't want it behind a paywall. They wanted it to be free. And actually, uh, Pete Hines came out and said, we're only going to pay, you're only going to have to pay for cosmetic stuff and everything else is going to be free and rolled out over time. Yeah. False. That is complete. Well, bullshit. in a private world, shouldn't even be free. That's not a. That's not a feature. That is a. Just that should just be part of that, the game. That was ex- that was the game. <laughs> you had your private world that it was single player in, and the fact that you could bring your friends in it was awesome. Yeah, you know it's crazy. <sighs> when Minecraft Alpha came out, they had private worlds. Oh, somebody just look, modded that shit. Look at that. And made it happen. <laughs> And I, you know what I paid for that game when that had private worlds? Nothing. 99 cents. Oh, shit. That's right. That it was, was alpha. Right. I paid like 99 cents because it was donation only back then. Like, this is bullshit. Okay, so the other thing I want to mention here, just go through all the things. Like you mentioned, requested servers. Apparently, when you go on the private server, it is accessible to... Uh, the, the it's you can't restrict access beyond one's friendless friends list. So people with very large friends list in the game, um, basically, you can't make it invitation only. So if you have like f- sixty friends or whatever, anybody can join that game. Whether you've like, uh, even though you have it limited to seven, they can just randomly join in your world. Yeah. And then also on the world part, like you said, there's things that are already looted, and. They came out and said on that note of private world's privacy, they said that, quote, we understand this is not what players expected for their private worlds. 
We are looking to provide an option in an upcoming patch that will allow Fallout First members to restrict access to their servers more completely. More completely. That's not an answer. You don't come out and say you have a private world and say, oh, no, it's just partially private. It's like having a bathroom that's got a freaking camera in it and say, oh, it's kind of private because we only show half of the door above where you're taking a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Bullshit. Bullshit. Um, yeah. And then they were like, so it's funny here because they said that when Fallout First member starts a private world, um, it launches an Amazon Web Services server. Players who have searched have seen looted containers upon login may expect the may experience the expected behavior upon login and log out. Loot is instanced for each player in containers. As Fallout players know, if you loot a container on one server and then log out and log back in another server, the container remains in a looted state for a period of time. So basically it just hasn't refreshed itself yet. So there's like stuff that seems looted that really shouldn't be looted. Um, and then, yeah, scrap boxes are appearing empty. And at first, when they first said that, people were like, oh, our scrap boxes are being empty. People were like, oh, no, 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 that's not, that's not accurate. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's not broken. Trust us. And then they found out, oh, wait, no, it's actually a bug. Because they thought it was a user error at first. And then they realized, no, it's actually a bug. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of shit going on with that game. And it's just really sad that first you piss people off with a subscription service and then you piss them off more with a broken subscription service at launch. Like this is this whole thing is plagued. They should have done what they did with Anthem. Just kill it. Just let it die. They won't. I don't know why. I don't know why. And you know, early on when they first talked about Fallout 76, Todd Howard is now a liar in my eyes, and I have no respect for him. You know, I had a little bit of respect. We saw him at uh, QuakeCon, and, you know, I saw him. I was like, well, you know, he made all these other games, you know, and, you know, it's cool to see him in person, but at this point in time, it's just like, why is this even happening? Anyway, he said at E3 before the release of Fallout 76 that they had an all-new rendering technology that would give you 16 times more detail. And then textures that popping is it out. <laughs> not accurate at all. Holy shit. I mean, their games have always been riddled with bugs, and I think this has to go back that they're using a really old engine for some reason continue to do that and i understand it might be to save some money and there's some aesthetics to having that in these games because that's what people grew up on but god dang guys this is literally the biggest pile of shit since battlefront 2 i feel like blizzard's up there with the whole hong kong controversy but at least battlefront 2 fixed itself and made it a better game true but this one has been a year and they haven't fixed itself yet no I mean, no. it's just, it's still a hot pile of trash. <sighs> and we tried Battle Royale for a little bit. I was watching videos of the first day that I recorded Battle Ro- the Battle Royale, and I was like, man, this really looks like garbage. It was kind of fun, but it just wasn't good. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand what their thought process is. So I watched a video of someone saying, like kind of breaking down some stuff and like did a history of Bethesda and Zenimax and like why this could be happening. And they think because of this, Along with mobile games, they're gearing up for uh, to, they're gearing up to be purchased by somebody or sell the company off and being like, look at all this, or have other investors come and donate money to them to help boost their revenue or their funding to make more games. And having this profile shows that you know they can do all this stuff and it is profitable and whatever because that's what everyone else is doing, right? Mobile games, uh, subscription services, online features, and I don't know what the hell they're doing, but it's not looking good for them, and they're yeah. not going to be sold or get more money because this is just... They have bad, bad press, and they can't seem to get their head out of their ass because 
you think they would release some of this stuff to help raise, like garner back, um, you know, goodwill from the player base, but they're not doing that at all. They're just gung ho. Let's just get all the money we can get. Yeah, this dying game. Well, I mean, what's really shitty about this is like two years ago in the E3 2017, they came out with the Bethesda press conference, and at that press conference, they were like we are the company that is still for the single player games. Like we are supporting the single player games. And that was when they announced Wolfenstein, the new Colossus coming out in the fall. They announced evil within two and they announced some uh, add-ons for um, dishonored Two, And like, and even pray, they had some stuff for prey. So they had like these really good things and like four solid properties that were really, really good. And then this next year they spent the entire time with it on just, here's more mobile game bullshit. Here's more VR updates Here's more updates to these other games that are still out. Oh, and by the way, there's Fallout 76, and this game is going to be awesome, but it's online. And I was excited at the time because I was like, I want right, I I wanted it to be a online in the vein of Borderlands, four-player co-op with my friends, right. not an open-world game. I just want a private fucking server where I can play with my friends, four players, and play Fallout co-op. That's all I well, wanted. Well, you thought you are getting you know, an actual Bethesda An actual Fallout game. game. Yeah, but they had no NPCs in there to talk to or have any quests. You just talk to robots. Yeah, it's like that's not exciting at all. That's not a game that people yeah. want. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah, it's such a bummer. Um, the other thing that happened, which I find to be very hilarious, is that Bethesda. I mean, clearly there's a lot of fuck ups. I mean, we talked about the game failed, freaking the the power canvas bag, edition. the power armor edition, the uh, just everything screwed up. Well, they also didn't have the foresight of buying the domain falloutfirst.com, which is the name of their <laughs> new program called Fallout First. So what one angry and kind of awesome person did was went out to wherever he went and bought falloutfirst.com and made a website that says it's basically an ad for Fallout First called Fallout Fuck You First. And it's all about... Fallout first and how bad it is. And it says private world, scrap boxes and more coming with the word coming emphasize to Fallout 76 without with Fallout fuck you first. And he goes in to talk about like all these funny things where he's like, oh, that's why we're excited to launch Fallout fuck you first. A premium ass pounding membership that offers something dumbass players have been asking for since before launch. Private worlds for you and select idiot cough friends. So we decided to put it behind a paywall in addition to this huge feature fallout fuck you first also includes a host of pointless items and cult bonuses all of which you can find on my foreskin and the best part fallout fuck you first is available to screw you right now and then he goes on to like say a bunch of more stuff so it's still live hilarious you should watch it it's we great. will put this in the show notes yeah please go they here ha- they have the sex tent like that's funny <laughs> like the hell and then they have the lazy version of the range armor outfit which i also think to be pretty funny um yeah, so it's it's pretty terrible. And then the what's also interesting is so like they do a good thing. The guy puts it at the very top. If you want to donate something positive, donate to Extra Life because Extra Life unites thousands of gamers, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the very very bottom, he put a little tiny link that says donation for the domain name and hosting fees for me to keep Fallout First up. And it's a GoFundMe page where he already has nine hundred twenty seven dollars raised to cover this. And yep, the comments are great. Um, one of the guys said, uh, let's see here. Where was the one? Bethesda deserves his commentary. Best yeah. $5 I've ever spent. Fuck Bethesda. <laughs> it's better value than 500 atoms. Yep. 
I would rather spend five dollars here than one more cent of Fallout seventy shit. I was a pre-order dumbass that bought the top package. I hope for a game like Fallout Four, and then et cetera, et cetera. It's just yeah, it's falling apart. But that is Fallout seventy six, everybody. Moral of the story is AAA gaming is dying. Some are readjusting and hopefully for the better, but Bethesda. See, I mean, this is almost like they're doing it on purpose at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand. Someone was saying that Todd Howard made all of this happen so he would get more people moved over to uh, help with um, the new Elder Scrolls along with uh, Starfall, um, Starfield, because more people because they're like focusing their their um, all their stuff on mobile games and this game like they would do multiplayer games so. I said this on purpose so that uh, Zenimax would be like, "All right, we're not doing this anymore. Just make your games, you know, because everyone's trying to make this push for loot box multiplayer games and stuff like that." Yeah. So, but at this point, I think that's bullshit. It's, or that was just a potential hypothesis, but I don't think that holds up anymore. <laughs> it's really sad how like this is a common trend across all major game companies, and all of them have been screwing up, like royally screwing up. EA screwed up. Activision has screwed up countless times. Bethesda's now screwed up. Ubisoft has screwed up. Blizzard. All the big publishers, well, Activision, Blizzard, you know, oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. They've all like made big mistakes consistently. And now, like, we're starting to see some of them get a lot of shit for it finally. Finally. And it took a while, but it's just like, who is running these places that are making all these bad decisions? I mean, these are expensive, poor decisions. Yeah. On everybody's part. Would you rather put the money and the time and effort into making a game? I mean, if you, I don't just okay, so the big part that really blows my mind is they don't look, they don't see the past and they're like, oh, well, look at these games that we used to make. And look how, you know, we've gardened, like, this is why we've gotten so big is because the community has enjoyed the work we've put out and the work that we need to continue to push forward because that has what, that, that is what's built this business. But they don't do that. Yeah. I think a lot of the issue that's happening is that a lot of these people that have founded these companies are now surrounded by, they, they've grown, and as they've grown, they've brought in executive-level talent from non-gaming industry businesses yeah. to yeah. run the shop because they know business and the gamer people don't. But what the gamer, the executives don't know is gamers. And they're coming into this new uncharted territory trying to make these decisions. They're like, oh my gosh, there's such an opportunity here to make so much money. It's like the company that bought us, my my company I used to work at. Like They bought us and they had this grand idea of like, oh, these guys have 900 customers. Let's just buy them. And then it'll be fine if like the whole entire experience that the customers have changes. And then turns out now everybody hates them. Because they screwed up and now like all of our old customers used to have went from loving us to absolutely hating them because they missed the whole mark of what was actually important. And that's just, yeah, people are the things that are buying your products. I know. And you have to understand that people are your product and those people need to be happy to continue buying said product. Exactly. And they're missing out on that, but it's okay. But that's the bottom mobile company, so that's 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 cool. They're 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 getting they're throwing money at the mobile game space instead of fixing Fallout seventy six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All uh, all of the Bethesda games are Starfield's going to be mobile now, guys. Yeah, just let you know. Elder Scrolls six mobile. 
Yeah, it's just it's fucking Todd up. Howard mobile. <laughs> he is a mobile game. He's probably an AI. We just don't realize exactly. It. I don't know. But I don't know. Oh, I was so pissed when I heard this. I just I I couldn't believe it. I literally could not believe it. It's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have some positive things coming around the corner. We have Death Stranding. We have Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that hopefully will not be fucked up. Um, well, it's just sad to see studios and game franchises I grew up on just completely be demolished, basically, yeah. by corporate greed. You know, it's funny. You know, when we do our game of the year, we always have a biggest disappointment. Oh. <laughs> how are we going to pick it? <laughs> we don't, I don't even know how we can even figure it out. It's going to be like... There's a, been so many big-ass disappointments this year. A, B, and C, and D. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll have we'll have to like subcategorize the biggest disappointment yes. and make like a game of the year and then a game of the on year. Yeah, like the f- thing from Outer World. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. What but uh, anyway, so anything else you want to add to Fallout first or Fallout? Fuck you first. I'm pissed. Just okay. straight up pissed. Me too. And uh, yeah, I just. I've never been a Bethesda fan. I mean, I love Wolfenstein. That's great. But I've I, I've always been about like i've never liked fallout i've never liked elder scrolls i've never liked the evil within i tried dishonor and i hated that prey was fine i've never liked any bethesda game like actually enjoyed it and got like a lot of value out of it and i'm kind of i'm kind of excited that they're getting some shit a little bit good and it's rightly deserved yeah rightly deserved and i'm just i just i feel bad for the fans because i'm like Y'all been drag. I mean, they've done so. They did such a good job, and all of a sudden, in the last two years, they just flipped a switch and just shat on everybody. Even Young Blood came out and like pissed me off and was like, "Oh, let's put microtransaction in this game, RPG mechanics that don't need to be in Young Blood." Like, think about ah, just people just don't even know. I think we know who got the worst game of the year this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Anyway, so if you guys have any questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, I'm very hopeful that it's going to be more positive than this. Uh, visit thenergamer.net and send us your feedback. You can also join us on our Discord channel and the show notes to chat with us there. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases on October 31st, which is <laughs> Halloween, very clever. Luigi's Mansion 3 is out on the Switch. Luigi is invited to the towering last resort hotel, but when Mario and friends go missing, our green-clad hero will have to conquer his fears to save them. Slam, blow away, and vacuum up ghosts with all-new Poltergust G00 and join forces with the Guigi to overcome the puzzling contraptions. Uh, a mischievous boss on each theme floor, and that's just the last resort. Also, on the 5th of November, yes, we are entering into November, Planet Zoo on PC. Build a world for wildlife in Planet Zoo from the creators of Planet Coaster and Zoo, Ki- Zoo Tycoon. Um, construct detailed habitats, manage your zoo, and meet authentic living animals who think, feel, and explore the world you create around them. Also, on the 5th, for PC now... Red Dead Redemption 2 is here on the PC. If you want to play Red Dead Redemption and you've been waiting for it for PC, well, wait no further. It's coming out on the 5th. Oh, 
And with that, it's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday. For more from our favorite video game podcast, visit theinnergamer.net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave this review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at theinnergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and events even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for the link. And as always, please share our podcast and or any of our content with friends and family. Getting more eyes behind or in front of our content just helps us grow more than you know. Thank you for your support. And I'm Austin Morales. I'm Brady Noski. And you've been listening to the Intergamer Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Podcast out. And don't forget to watch us on Twitch every Wednesday because it's going to be awesome. My name is Brian Oski. Uh, my name is Austin Morales. And this week on your Inner Gamer Podcast, let's start over. I fucked that up. Damn it. I was all in. I know. I'm sorry. Not really, actually. It's, it's totally fine. It's all, it's all good. Everything's, everything's happy. <laughs> happy. Because <clears throat> I'm happy. Yes. Because I'm happy. I'm a singer, like a mover, and a singer, and a singer. I'm on a trainer. Uh, the sky I blue on a dirt, 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 d